Welcome to Direct Audio Movie Discussions Podcast. My name is Spencer, and it's March, which means March Madness is here. And if you're like any sports fan that does a bracket, your bracket's already fucked. They shouldn't even play the song anymore. I mean, <laughs> what makes me laugh? Uh, Jamie Morgan here. Hello. What's what's up? Probably the last time that we're going to record in this area. I have to say that we're it's kind of the farewell it's tour. Law. Yeah, it's, I'm Don't legally required. But um, this is the second year that we've done a March Madness bracket of the worst movie trope. We have 32 brand new movie tropes. There are no repeats. I listened to last year's episode just to clarify. I had one that kind of was that Morgan kind of helped me with, and it kind of toted a line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which it's off here now. So there was one last year that was hanging off the edge of a cliff being picked up by your fingertips and then the one i had on here this year was sliding and stopping right at the edge of a cliff which i felt like was a little too so like they were cousins yeah but i feel like there are so many tropes that are out there that there it was easily replaceable but so i've already made the bracket last year or typically with my brackets i'll randomly generate it as we go through but this year i already have it set up it's all randomly generated anyways each one of us has a veto we can only use vetoes for the first two rounds. How it always works is if Jamie wants something to go through, me and Morgan vote for the other thing. Jamie would say veto, and we cannot veto his decision, and that will move on. But yeah, I feel like last year was fun. Probably one of mm-hmm. my, I mean, I love doing brackets. Y'all are obviously some of the best guests that we have, and I like horrible movie tropes, so I'm glad to see y'all back. I will say, since last time we've been on, one of the ones that we covered last time was uh, never running out of ammo. And now I can't stop thinking mm-hmm. about it. So you guys have ruined that for me. So thank you. I think it's one of those things where like once you think about it, you'll see it more and more. Um, but I can appreciate the new John Wick movie and all the John Wick movies. Because what they do is they really emphasize the fact that John Wick has to reload. And a lot of times he will like literally throw the clip at people to fight them. But yeah, other movies, no reloading necessary. Um, but there were a lot of good ones last year, and we have a lot of great ones this year. Um, I took some recommendations from last year, some from y'all as well, that we mentioned after the episode went o- uh, was over. So we'll see. And Morgan already saw one this afternoon. But I, don't I don't remember what it was. Perfect. Because she only <laughs> brought it up once. Um, and I try to keep this completely blind for y'all. But do we have any thoughts or anything we want to say? I just want to dive right into this. Dive right into it. Yes. Okay. Our first matchup is... The old guy coming out of retirement to get on the case because no other cop can do it. <laughs> Versus sacrificing yourself because there's just no other way out. Hmm. These are both so bad. Every single mystery book I've ever read mm-hmm. has the cop coming out of retirement. And I will say, listener, if you're hearing something and you go, oh, like that's like actually a fun one. There are some that will have positives, obviously, to them. Like, there are some instances where, like, Old Guy Comes Out of Retirement is a really good movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are some where, like, Sacrifice Yourself is the best ending for the movie. But we're saying that the trope is so overdone that sometimes it can be negative. So there's someone here that might be able to be swayed positively. But which one of these is the most egregious? I feel like the sacrificing yourself or, like, you know, there's no other way. There's no other way that this can possibly, you know... Be saved. The day can be saved if I if I live. Basically, I think of I Am Legend, where it's the most egregious. Where like, there's literally a book yeah. that's written where the ending's different, and they're like, "Well, he just got to sacrifice himself yeah. because that that's it." And it's like yeah. it's the. It, I feel like it's a very cheesy way to it's write like a cheap. movie. Yeah, it's an easy way to eliminate a character. It's like okay, their arc is over. A logical way. It's to do it's it time to get rid of them. Versus like the old guy coming out of retirement. I feel like you can do it. A bunch of different ways because I think it happens in different ways versus yeah. there's always a sticky situation in which somebody needs to stay behind in order to save the day. And it's it's the same thing without fail, basically. I'm with you. I, th- I think sacrificing is definitely the worst of the two. What do you think, Morgan? I agree. Okay, so that's a pretty straightforward one. So um, next up, there is surprise evidence slash witness being introduced in a courtroom case. Uh, without anybody else knowing, which literally does not happen. I was going to say, isn't that illegal? <laughs> that's why, yeah, that's what's so funny. It's like, wait a minute, there's this like mystery thing. It's like, you can't do that. Um, against a weapon being just a fingertip away when you're getting choked out or fighting with somebody. 
I think the weapon is more irritating to me. I think so, too. The surprise witness evidence one, although illegal and cannot be done, I guess it just makes it so you want to stick around for the movie. But a weapon being a figurative way just feels like someone always walks up and goes, like, puts the knife right next to them. So they're, like, uh, scrounging to get it. And they're just so close. And it, like, always works out. Um, and it's always noticeable. I don't know if a lot of people actually know that bringing surprise evidence to witnesses is illegal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like I've seen the the weapon one way more in a lot of movies now where I think the kind of the, I don't even know how to put it. It's like the literacy about the legal system is higher now. People know like, okay, yeah. like, that's not, that's not how things actually work. Which is good. You um, shouldn't understand the law as best as you can. You don't have to obviously right. like study law or be a lawyer, but like understanding basic legal tactics and techniques and maybe this is like a very specific thing that will never occur to you but like that's kind of nice yeah. knowledge to have it's like you can't just bring new evidence because oh by the way we found this now and that changes things so i feel like in most most movies that i've seen um that that has not been something that's taken place versus it seems like almost any movie with action <clears throat> so it's just more entertaining for me too it, like it still gets me no matter how many times i see it the weapon like just out of reach so but myself. you like that one. i do i do like it. so are yeah. you gonna vote for the evidence yeah okay and then jamie are you voting for weapon or weapon. evidence i'm voting for weapon boo i'll allow it okay but i also think like if i'm watching a legal drama if you were to have it where everything had to be like cross-reference and like ch- like it might just make it a really boring legal drama. Oh, so i guess you have to have there be that kind of moment but I think the weapon is always egregious because it happens every single time the hero's down. But up next we have slicing your palm to give blood for a sacrifice. That was one that, that Morgan was the saw. One I saw earlier. Yep. Like that's the only place that like mm-hmm. you can just carve in your palm whenever blood's necessary. Versus <laughs> saying the name of the movie in the movie it gets a good eye roll from me, but then I'm able to move on. Mm-hmm. I actually think it can be done really well, and yeah. it can be really funny, like uh, Twenty One Jump Street, where. Nick Offerman's character, he's the chief of police, and he says, you need to go to, I think it was like 27 Jump Street. And he's like, no, that's not what it is. And then it cuts to 21 Jump Street on the door. I think that's hilarious. Versus, I mean, every, it seems like every movie where somebody, you know, needs to give blood, they're like, here's my meaty palm, and I'm going to take a knife and just stab it. It's like, Where's the logic in that? You know how many tendons are in there? It's, it, yeah, just like this. Yeah. It's the slice right across. It's like, it never looks good. You just do your elbow. And it's like, that's going to bleed a lot. Yeah, like, that's not going to stop. A little, just do your finger. And then they just wrap it up in gauze. You know? like, yeah, we're good. It's like, that's not going to stop. No, I think the palm slice is the worst. It's like, you need yes. to go to the ER, man. <laughs> because the, the movie one can be done right. The palm slice, unless it's like, a scene where like someone's torturing a person was like oh you're gonna make it the most painful place possible but a lot of times it's like for the good of the cause and it just doesn't yeah. make sense they like cut yeah. deep you too stitches, oh yeah man like, maybe I'm maybe still, like cults they don't care about that kind of stuff yeah. like they're like yeah you're probably gonna be sacrificed as a whole anyway so it doesn't matter well, like every movie cult, cults yeah. every every cult has a nurse on staff uh, you, know? you know what there's there's yeah. laws yeah and if you're a part of some like terrorist group that's in a movie and that yeah. happens too you gotta have one person as a medical yeah. professional Training that just makes sense that's just logic. They know what they're doing. Have a medical professional. Um, yeah. All right. The last matchup of this part of the bracket. Referencing things from the original when you're doing a remake or a reboot. So always having to call back something from the first one. Versus the good guy getting double-crossed by one of their own. I have a hard time with this. I like both of them. I feel like the entire Scream franchise is the first one. But they do it so tastefully. Yeah, because they're supposed to be doing it. But I think of, like, Halloween and Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Top Gun did this. And, like, where you hear, like, the... Like, they just do these little notes where it's like, you remember this one? Mm. Um, however, I think the good guy getting double cross is always, like, the most annoying. Because it happens, like, every... Like, I think every James Bond movie, it's like, how? At this point, just start screening your people better. Yeah. Yeah, I think I have to agree that Double Cross is probably the worst of the two because you're supposed to be convinced that the person that you're watching in this movie's intelligent, I mean, or skillful, whatever they do, and really they didn't pick up on the fact that maybe the person that they were working with wasn't telling the full truth. Yeah. I don't know. It's like, do you talk to your people? It just feels like it happens too often where it's like, you son of a bitch, yeah. how dare you? And it's like, yeah, just know who like, you're working with. I was wondering where you were from, you know, midnight to 6 a.m. Right. <laughs> Next up in this uh, lower left portion of the bracket, we have 
the 80s action training montage. We're talking Rocky. We're talking Commando. We're talking Rambo. Everything where it's just big old buff dudes working out somehow. Or Karate Kid style montage where we got to get through this training and we only got seven minutes to do it. (laughs) And it's going up against the misdirection exit where you think someone left but something moves and they stayed the whole time. The romantic comedy thing. I didn't get on the plane. I didn't get in the car. I think of Friends, even though it's not a movie. That was the first thing I thought. It's of. Friends. Also, I didn't that get was on the plane. The stupidest move to ever make. Right. Don't you ever sacrifice a career for a mediocre man. Seriously, Ross is mediocre. At um, best. Here's my problem. I love eighties action movies, and it's my favorite part of the action movie. It's egregious because it's just like mm-hmm. we gotta squeeze this into I mean, an hour thirty. Um, and the misdirection is—it's not bad, but it's—it's kind of just boring. Um, I just don't think it's as egregious as the action training mind. Like I think of, I think it's Kickboxer or Bloodsports. One of the, I think no, it's Kickboxer. Where there's really a scene where he's just getting like logs dropped on his nuts, and he's doing the splits, and he's just like, we got to have him prepare for if he's gonna get kicked in the balls. And it's like I don't need to see and logs is the only way. Or he's getting like that. his legs stretched because he's doing the splits because Jean Claude Van Damme has to. Like sometimes they can just be done. I feel like it was just a requirement every '80s action movie. Like you got to have a, a song in there, a power ballad gotta have action i think the worst of the two is the misdirection exit oh okay because i think if you think if you if you want to think about okay how do you how do you make a film how do you manage time in your story you can see the reason why a montage might have been the way to go and you're like yeah now it's overused but it's still a way that you you know you convey past the time you convey progress and your disbelief is still suspended you're not thinking like, oh, well, this takes me completely out of the movie because you don't know how much time is passing during the montage. It can be, you know, two weeks. It could be two years. But Should we do a with... two-year training montage? Yeah. <laughs> hey, they're... It's probably more realistic. Yeah. 2025. Yeah. They, they, yeah, they have cheek muscles now. They have a, they have a, they have a 30-pack. It goes all the way <laughs> up to their cheeks. Um, but with the misdirection exit, I actually think that's less realistic because... It almost, in a way, to me, kind of breaks the fourth wall. Where it's like, okay, was that it's person... only for the audience. Right. It was like, was that so... Was this person so gullible that they didn't know that they didn't get on the plane? Yeah. Like, it's like, do they not have eyes? You know? Did they not see? And this person can't move at superhuman speed. They didn't just run around the corner and, you know... That just... That doesn't happen. And that takes me out of it way more than, okay, we're passing some time... You know, this movie can only be an hour and a half, so the director and the editor have to work together on how to, you know, work with all the film that they've uh, recorded. So, I think the misdirection exit sucks. You convinced me. Needs to advance in this. Okay. I have not had a single strong opinion about any of these. Say it's also because you're very tired. But you haven't really had, yep. it yet. but that was also last year. I feel like you didn't really have a strong opinion until certain ones came up. So we're just waiting for that one to bubble up, and it could be this one. We have hospitals being completely empty at night. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone went home. I think you're right. I think this yeah. is it. Vers- <laughs> versus when people are trying to leave because you did something wrong, and you're stuttering to try to explain, and you're like, oh, hold up, and then they leave, and it causes more chaos. It's the hospital yeah. for me. That, yeah, I think stuttering, so but... Because I stutter. Yeah, but okay, if, if you did something wrong, you wouldn't be like... And then they all leave and they look at you I just relate to the freezing. <laughs> yeah, but don't tell pressure. me that a hospital in a big That's city true. has nobody in it. Nobody in it. Yeah. It's all black. There's flashing yeah. lights and you find the one wing yeah. where there's not a single soul. There That's are, just not true. <laughs> there are towns with 2,000 people that have that have a hospital that has more people in it. The most egregious ones I can think of are Halloween 2, where, yeah, Lori is literally in the hospital by herself, and then Scream, Scream, the new one, where they do that, and it's just like, they kind of reference it, like, you're going to our special secret ward, but it's like, still. And the cop is killed that's watching her, but again, still, it's like, there's no way that hospitals would be that dark and that empty. So, okay, that's the one. Mm -hmm. Okay, moving on. We have teens that look 30 years old. Oh my god. Versus the big bad villain's evil cliche laugh. The laugh is funny to me. Mm-hmm. It's the fact that actors and actresses were casted when they were like 30 to play teenagers. Yep. It just, 
It's gross. Yeah. It, Honestly, let's look at any Disney Channel original. It's just gross. I agree with you. I think it. I always point it out. It's like those people are not in high school. Like there's no, no fucking way that that person's in I high school. I think Friday the Thirteenth a lot too. It's all, it's a lot of slasher movies, adults. but it's also a lot of rom or uh, goofy like uh, coming of age comedies you can think of, mm-hmm. and like rom coms like the two thousands where you're like watching like uh, um, why can't I think of a movie it is where it's um, Heath Ledger and oh say, you know, ten things I hate about you. Yeah, it's like you're not in high school. Yeah. Like you're clearly not in high school. You're a, you're a 26 year old man. Channing Tatum. Right, exactly. But like that's the joke <laughs> of that movie yeah. is like you're not you're not in high school. But that same thing is like there are movies that actually do that, and you're like, there's no way. Yeah, the all of Glee. Right, and it's the like whole thing. it's not hard to find talented teen actors. Right. Like I even think of like they looked younger, but like Ferris Bueller's sure. Day Off, The Breakfast yeah. Club, all those characters in those movies look like they're in high school. Yeah. So actually, I was even I was gonna kind of counter what you said about Disney. I think they're the one of the only, like, one of the only film companies that doesn't do that as much because they have the no. But the, they still they do a lot of their Disney Channel movies. There, they're like, well, yep, we need someone to, who's yeah. yeah, yeah. Like Raven Simone was not in her teens. Oh, yeah, that one was mid twenties. Mm-hmm. Corey was not in the house. Right. <laughs> yeah. But you know, the the villain laugh. I I think of again. I, was, I just saw John Wick four. Um, they have Scott Atkins' uh, character just laughing the whole time. And you think of the evil Bond villain having that like... <laughs> but I don't think it's that bad. I think it's yeah, just goofy. I don't mind yeah. it. It can be overdone. Be also, if you're people. that deranged, of course you're going to have some sort yeah. of strange, maniacal laugh. Alright, so teens looking 30 years old? Yes. Okay. Uh, final for the bottom left, we have... Tending wounds or injuries between a man and a woman, and it becomes sexual. Nothing's hotter <laughs> than bleeding out. Right. It's always like, let me put bandage, and then it like slowly becomes like this like sexy moment between the two. Uh, versus saying, I got this, and doing a cool car move. Like spinning your car around or doing a wheelie or evading the cops, something. I do that. What are you talking about? Oh, yeah. All the time. Yeah. I think the Whenever tending I wounds is, cops, you know? to me, is... I agree. The most laughable. Because it's like, why is now where it's like, you've been stabbed, but you're vulnerably sexy. My my inner thigh was lacerated. Right. And you're like, oh, let me bandage that up for you. Yeah. Yeah. There's some movies where it's like, what are we fucking doing here? It does feel better now that you're here. Right. (laughs) I love those. I'm still bleeding out. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I got this doing a cool car move is dumb. But when I'm in a car chase, I don't give a shit what they say. Like, I love a good car chase. That's one of my guilty pleasures in movies. I love getting in car chases. Yeah, yeah, I love getting into cars and saying, follow that car. Yeah. That was on last year's bracket. It was. Yes, but... Sexually car. tending to wounds is just... It's so counterintuitive. And it's so not what reality is. Not, obviously, movies are not reality, but just how egregiously against reality it is. Yeah. That's fair. Well... It's, it's very much against reality because any nurse who actually does the job IRL would tell you how unsexy the job is. So, you know. <laughs> right, yeah. Nothing sexier yeah. than gauze and rubbing yeah, alcohol, and, baby. And, yeah. Mm. And, you know, cleaning up people's vomit. Yeah. Nothing hotter. Putting in catheters. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know if putting in ca- Maybe they are. Who knows? Um, all right. So we're going to go with the wounds? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. On the other side of the bracket, we have top right is... Being in a strange place or strange world or a foreign place and saying, actually, I think I'll stay here and mm. leaving behind somebody. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't think I will. I just, yeah, I think they did this in Avatar. They do this in a bunch of random movies where it's just like, why would you, like, uh, Pleasantville, same thing. It's like, you're not, you're, your entire life. Lightning McQueen. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, and that's going up against... A character that's in hiding or secluded coming back and having long gray hair and or a beard. Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> I think of Dewey and Scream. I think of Obi-Wan Kenobi. I, I mean, Gandalf comes back with white hair. That's part of his character. But yeah, it's like hmm. every single one somehow comes back and their hair got gray and it's long and they're scraggly and uh, they're basically a recluse. I don't mind that one. I feel like if I was secluded for that long, I also would grow facial hair and oh. then get really long gray hair just from being secluded from society for so long. 
It's just Obviously, a scare. yeah, you would. It, you would. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's just very stereotypical to be like, we need this person to seem like they came back. And like, what do we do to them? And it's like... Make them look rugged right, and old. Make them look old, rugged, and long hair. Um, yeah, I, I think for me, the, the idea that somebody would want to completely abandon wherever they came from or their life and live with whomever they've met over the past hour and a half runtime. Um, yeah. Nah. No, that one, that one is the worst. Yeah. I, I, every time it happens, I literally sit and go, okay, so think logically about this. Like, unless you are like a completely abandoned individual with no one else in your life, like, mm-hmm. yeah, you just met this person. You're on a planet or a place that you have no idea where you're at or anything about the place, but you're just being like, you know what? I think this is where I want to have my life. It's yeah. Nobody does that. I'd love to live in a traffic cone hotel. You know what? If I had the opportunity and if I was in radiator Springs, I would want to as well. So I had a luxury. Life yeah. is a highway. Are you going to ride it all night long? Why would no. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. I'm so sorry. Yeah. I didn't. I, so he's only sorry. had half yeah. of an Oberon. You're yeah. going to ask him that question I didn't, now? I didn't say it. That's not what I meant. Yeah, well, sure. Ka-chow. Yeah. Next up, we have a villain telling a speech and saying, Oh, they didn't tell you, did they? Oh. Uh, Versus, you just don't get it, do you? They're both so bad. Yeah, they're... They're both so bad. This was one of the matches when I got randomized. I was like, these are pretty neck and neck. I think for me, it is someone saying, You just don't get it, do you? Because... Sometimes information does not get shared, and the villain would want to dig that knife and be like, oh, they didn't tell you that I used to work for you, blah, blah, blah. Like, sometimes it works uh, for plot purposes, but you just don't get it. It's such a lazy way of being like, I can't believe that you don't understand where I'm coming from. Instead of just being like, talking about your point, you just got to make some sassy, dumbass comment, and that never makes any sense. Um, I think the, oh, they never told you. I think that is actually the worst of the two because people don't people don't talk that way. Nobody talks like that either. You don't. You just don't get it, do you? I mean, there are a lot of people who I would consider to be assholes that do. You know, you also don't have a villain that's telling you, "Oh, they didn't tell you about that, did they?" Right, right. But I think movie terms. But I think that that. Well, I think as a villain monologuing, it's a way to twist in a knife, whereas the other one is just being like a dumbass. I agree. Yeah. Like, just being, like, complete, like... the One of my biggest pet peeves when in movies, and you'll see by some of the ones you have in this bracket, is just people, like... It is a plot device, but it's people not giving someone else the time of day to explain. Like, mm-hmm. conversations happen. Mm-hmm. And they might go on for hours or minutes or even days, and you'll speak, and cliche little bits of writing being like oh well you just don't get it and then mm-hmm. leave and, or like saying another sassy it just doesn't no one's no one talks that way mm. i feel like i agree i voiced my agreeance all right she also shook mm-hmm. her head which Naki picked up on the pod yeah yeah i can i'll allow it motion censored okay going on to the next one ditching the guns or swords for a true fair fight <laughs> <laughs> versus a dad always running late to their kids important event mm. i think of jingle all the way the santa mm. claus every movie where the a liar liar where the dad is just not a great dad and somehow he's always late that one pisses me off on principle so yeah i will be going with that one yeah no, i agree just because how deeply it pisses me off like i i get sometimes the whole you know i'm gonna fight you like a man is part of the you know character of whoever it's like the hero might, though yeah the villain yeah. it makes no sense right why right. would i be like ah yeah. i see you just murdered four of my friends time to have fisticuffs yeah. sir. I mean, it makes it makes sense i think the worst of the two is like oh the bad dad's running late it's like just being busy and having a lot of stuff going on maybe and that lends into the last know, one where it's like you just don't yeah, get it do you it's so yeah, important him to yeah. go to his karate tournament yeah. it's like well i have work yeah. sharing yeah it's I like, have I have a business like, from I'm, selling I'm paying pillows. For, I'm paying for, I'm helping to pay for this kid to go to karate. Right. <laughs> like that that is I think it kind of like sets a the wrong precedent for what is a bad dad. 
Exactly. Like, does having, does being busy mean that you're a bad dad? No. Um, there are other ways I kind of took it from the perspective of the people who didn't have their dad showing up for them. Right, but which like. Which is why it offends me. <laughs> yeah, where I see that, I just, I feel like that's always the way they convey that. Yeah, it's not which the is dad, why I yeah. buy into it. Right, where it's like, instead of like him coming home and like not knowing the, what the, that the kid was at karate or not knowing that the kid likes a TV show or like not knowing or, other, or like having the time to be there for their like child is one thing. But like, I feel like the only way they convey that movie is like, well, he's late. Yeah. He was late. Right. And it's like, it's, it's the, always the cliche of like, you could show us how that person's a bad dad beyond just being like, well, he had to work late that day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is fair. Cause every other, like, and then every, in all those movies, the dad is typically senior not vice, terrible. Oh, I was going to say yeah. senior vice president, executive CEO, right. Main shareholder. <laughs> Whatever. Like I think of liar liar, he's a lawyer. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, Jingle All the Way, he runs a like a pillow company or something like that. Uh, like Santa Claus, he was at a Christmas party. That's dumb. But like yeah, there's sometimes where it's like sometimes. But then there are other times where yeah, the dad is shit and then he doesn't show up and then it makes sense. But I think it's worse. The fair fight one can be a fun action montage again, um, and it gives the hero a chance to redeem themselves and find the weapon that's just so close to their fingertips. Mm. But can they get it? They can't. They die credits we all vote in the dad yeah yeah, yeah. you're my um, dad boogie, boogie, boogie. okay next up we have post credit scenes mm. i don't think people realize that is a cliche uh in a movie trope where we're putting vital information for either this movie or the next movie in the credits and now people are googling if you have to stay for the credits what the post credit scene is if it's required to sit there it's a really cliche way to provide information to the audience thanks marvel yeah, Marvel was the one that kind of did that. I mean, fuck, I even had to Google John Wick 4 when we were just there. That's what we did when we saw Scream. Right, you Google, there's, it's, it's, that's the new thing now. Is there a post-credit scene? Should I stay for it? Um, and sometimes they're pretty shitty. Uh, versus, the brakes route! Now we can't stop! Um. Well, I think that the brakes going out just at the you know worst possible time is unrealistic. I think for movies, the worst of the two is the end credit scene because... It's just lazy to me. It's like, okay, you're just trying to artificially create enthusiasm about whatever it's about, or you just had one last gag, you know, joke that you really wanted to put at the, you know, in your movie, but, you know, it had to get cut, so you needed to film an end credit scene, and you're just wasting everybody's time. I disagree. Okay. I just like end credit scenes. I just like like good end credit scenes, though. I don't know. I just, I enjoy them. I don't mind them. And to me, they're also not, I guess this kind of goes to what we're all individually defining a movie trope as. But to me, a movie trope is something that's actively happening during the main part of the movie. But that's the point of the post credit scenes. Like, some of that information you could just put in the movie. Mm -hmm. Like, instead of shoehorning it in at the end, it can, like, to have a stinger being like, bump, bump. Oh, this could be the next one. Like, just have that be a part of the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, there are certain things where, like, Marvel did it cool, and it was a way to tease the next movie, or, like, for f- true fans to see something. There are some movies that just have post credit scenes because they feel like they have the need to have one, or they feel the need to have one, and it's just information that could have been added. Like, I think of, and I keep saying it, John Wick 4 is a post credit scene, and, like, it could have been at the end of the movie. Like, it really could have just been, like, it, like, sometimes I think studios abuse it to tell you information that could have been in the movie and they use it to be like well stay and get yourself a little treat and it's like i didn't i've had many times i go i didn't even stay for that shit like why do i need to stay for this and it may granted you want to see the credits but i feel like it's a lazy plot device but also saying that the brakes are out we can't stop this thing happens way too often for to movies. me that's more egregious yeah that's my vote personally is the brakes is the worst jamie votes and credit Votes on credit scene. Um, Avo breaks are out because I, I think there. Can, I think if I'm looking at like quantity over quality, I think there are a lot of great post credit scenes. I do think it's getting to a point where it's getting annoying, mm-hmm. and we are getting just like superhero movies. We're getting to a point where it's like, well, you better be good mm-hmm. because now we have so many. I do think like I'm th- I watch Bullet Train like the breaks out there, and you're like, why the fuck now? Or I think of Spider Man too, where it's like we can't stop. It's just. 
it's a really lazy way to be like, well, we're going to crash and the hero has to stop this thing somehow. Veto. Oh, okay. I was going to veto if y'all had voted the other way around. Okay, well, Jamie, why are you vetoing? Uh, Post-credit scenes are so overdone for movies that they're like, okay, Scream as an example. Did it really need to have one? Like there, are, I get it with Marvel where there are so many characters, so many different characters that they can refer to in uh, the universe. But for Scream, we all know what it's about, and I guess in some ways it might be tongue in cheek, where okay, you know they're parodying all movies, but it's just not necessary. That's one thing that you don't have to do. You don't have to waste people's time. Um, that I think is worse than. Okay, here's a a cheap suspense plot device that's, you know, overdone, but, you know, sometimes the brakes do go out. It happens sometimes. It happens way more in in movies than in norm in real life, but same with everything in movies. Like you would think that you walk outside and you're going to get shot if you watched movies nonstop because that's what happens. It's like a microcosm of yeah, it's all it's all things this. that normally don't happen versus the end credit or post credit scene. There's there's just like okay, any big budget movie needs to have this because Marvel did it. That's fair. You it know? just feels like a cheap plot, or cheap way to get money and drop interest. Okay, yeah. well the veto was used. Sorry, Morgan. That's okay. Okay, going on to the final portion of the round of thirty two, we have. Being caught in a compromised or sexual uh, area and being like, it's not what it looks like. (laughs) Right. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, it is. Versus the hero being with the villain and saying, if I kill him, I'm no better than him. Well, actually you are. Right. Because he's dead. Because so bad. Um, I think it's not what it looks like is the worst. Because again, it goes back to the one I said earlier. Just explain what you're fucking doing. Like, stop. You're adding runtime and parts to your screenplay because you just can't have them be like, hey, clearly I love you and this is a mistake and this woman or this man is doing this and I can't get out of the situation. Like, simple. Mm-hmm. And if your wife or husband or partner can't understand that, maybe you're not a good partner or maybe they aren't one either. Or they're but, stupid. Right. <laughs> and it's so lazy to be like, it's not what it looks like. We need another conflict before the end of this movie. Like, I kill him no better than him. I guess if you have a fucking moral compass, Batman, that you yeah. don't want to do that. But, like, yeah, you're better than him regardless, so do whatever. But still, like, it's not what it looks like. It's so fucking lazy. Mm-hmm. Lazy. Yeah. I love how impassioned by this you are. Because some <laughs> my lazy screenwriting is so annoying. Where it'd be like, how do we get there to be a, t- a more conflict with this relationship? Yeah. Yeah. The, the, this couple's too perfect. They're too perfect, so we need to create mm-hmm. something. It's just ironic also that phrasing immediately makes you more suspicious, too. It's not what it looks like. Right. Hmm. And no, and then what happens is, Ty, the same last, or earlier one, when they go, then what is it, David? And David goes, well, and then the person leaves. It's like, just fucking two and one. That's what I'm saying. Just, that's what I'm saying. They're all connected. Just speak. Like... It's so lazy to me. Had to boil this down. Just speak. Just speak. Yeah. yeah. Just speak. Stop so don't speak. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So we're all voting that one? Yes. Okay. Moving on. We have the crazy ex-girlfriend. Kind of tying into the last one. Oh, yeah. Versus the Wilhelm scream. For those of you who don't know this, it mm. is that typical like, ah, noise that you hear like when people fall off a building. Think of Star Wars. Any action movie. When someone falls off a building, there is a crazy, I don't know if it's copyright. I could play it, but. Yeah, if, if you, look it up. If you don't think that you've heard it before, you're you've, wrong. Yes, we're gonna play <laughs> you for have. you right now. Yes, please do, because I'm lost. You'll know exactly what it is. I don't think I can play this on the. <sighs> Which now that you've heard it, that is, list- the most star- that is directly from Star Wars. Yes, There's listener, no- if you don't know what it is, we just played it. I'd probably cut that out just for like reasons because they're playing yeah. clips from movies. But it is the most iconic. And annoying. Ah. That's the exact dude yeah. again. Ah. Yeah, it's literally that. Like, and it's you'll know it when you hear it. And that is one hundred percent my choice. Like a guy could get shot in the head, the brain, and still go screaming when you fall. It works, but the fact that it is that scream, and like I remember, we just watched Lord of the Rings for the first time, or I did, and like I heard it in there. And I went, "Are you fucking kidding me?" Yeah. Like it just takes you out because 
you, you don't obviously have to like believe everything you're seeing, but like you know it when you hear it, and it's just so shoehorned in there. I think it's fine for me in Star Wars just because it's fitting, it matches the vibe. Anything else, like you said, I'm immediately taken out of the moment. I'm like, I'm not watching the movie anymore. I'm back in reality. Yeah. The crazy ex-girlfriend is annoying, um, but people have had crazy exes, male or female. I feel like it's the trope that it's always the girlfriend. Yeah. Um, yep. And that's frustrating. And also, I like to ask the question, why do you think she's crazy? What did you do to her? Yeah. Right. I agree. I think it's an overused trope. I just think the Wilhelm scream immediately takes me out of the movie, and it's the most annoying trope that gets tossed in. They're like, having a fight scene, we got to have a guy fall, and he's got to do the scream. When you said this initially, I thought I was going to go with the crazy ex-girlfriend, not just on principle, just because it's obnoxious to watch, but then I heard that scream, Yep. and now I will never unhear that scream, so thank you. You're welcome. You're going to hear everywhere you go, listener, I'm sorry if you don't know it, but if you just heard it or looked it up, you will realize what it was. Just a caution, it will be stuck in your head for the next 48 hours. Yeah, you'll know what it was, like that, and so you'll you'll just Or just play it on repeat. Yeah. Watch compilations nonstop. That's like that's oh my god! Could you one. imagine? He would do something Ugh. like that hundred percent. Yeah, that's true. He would. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, next up we have the killer always catching up, no matter what. Hmm. Um, versus the bad guy who caused all the chaos, being redeemed at the end by saving the day. Mega mind. <laughs> I th- no, but I think of like uh, Spider-Man Two, or being like, I I'm the only one that could save this, and it's like, oh yeah, well you're still a fucking villain because you murdered people and robbed them and did all this shit like yes there's redemption but having that be like the only again sacrifice of the only way out but being like this is the way to redeem myself it's like well you still were a good start you still were you still caused some terror i think that i think that the redemption is the worst of the two because i feel like when you're when you are watching a movie especially movies where there's a supernatural villain and they catch up to you, then, I mean, that kind of makes sense. It's like they're doing things that are outside of our ability. So, you know, that's kind of an easy way to convey that. Versus, yeah, all's forgiven. Uh, You may have killed my grandma, but, I, you know, damn it, you're just too handsome. Like, no, (laughs) just just stop. No, you're still bad. So, <laughs> I think that's worse. Yeah. And people don't, people, people don't have that short of memories. We, we do have short memories, but not that short. So. I am picking the killer, though. Um, I, I agree with you. I just think that they'll show you a clip of someone sprinting away, and that's somehow the killer's right there. And yes, there are some that are supernatural, but even when they're not supernatural, somehow the, the, the slasher villain is right there. Doesn't even matter. You turn the corner and they're there. It's like, how the fuck? We just saw you walking. Hoverboard. Right. And you better have one. But like, it, I just feel like it's so egregious to be like... And I think what it also does is it sets you up to know as the viewer that no matter what you're watching, this person's not getting away because at the end of the day and at the end of this clip, the killer is somehow going to be right by them. Yeah. Because the person's front's going to trip over something or trip over their shoelaces and they're going to stumble to get up because they're so scared and the killer is just... So you're there. You're thinking like Leatherface. <laughs> yeah, I, with a chainsaw sitting on people. But like, I yeah. mean, yeah, it's just, I mean, watch the first Texas Chainsaw. There is a way, way long sequence of her running away, and Leatherface is always there. He's got some stamina. Right, and it just every time, no matter what, Big the killer is going to be there. They're like they're like church bells. Yeah, I agree with you. Okay, <laughs> that's that. Yeah, but you guys I don't, but I, I accept it. You've and I, and I have to anyway. And you used your veto, so I'm aware. To I, know what I, I know what I did. Yeah. Um, any thoughts, Morgan? Anything else? I don't have a single thought. You but said at, everything I was thinking. I will say, after watching horror movies more, because you guys have been watching them more, are you noticing more tropes that we've mentioned and yes. talked yes. about kind of reoccurring? Every single time. And that's where the slasher... The slasher genre definitely became... It like ate itself, basically, where it just started to use the same tropes the same twists, the same actions, the same kills, and it just kind of started to... It was snake eating its own tail. Where it's like, you're making movies because they're so cheap to make, but you're making nothing new, and so you're not going to make any money, so you can't make another one, but you technically still could because they're so... It's just like this cycle of like mediocrity, and that's why the slasher genre like has a heyday of like five years. It's like 80... Or 78 to like 
84, 85, and then everything else beyond that's like, and not making money anymore. So, and you guys are now starting to watch the later ones where you're watching like Chucky and Shots where they're starting to add like actual story in a sense to it. But yeah, slasher movies and horror movies are some that just have a lot of the same old, same old. And that's why I think the killer catching up is like the most cliche. Good old reliable. Or the kill we did this last year, the killer just not being dead. That one is just like. That yeah. happened in Scream so many times but that's that's the point that's and the, i understand yeah. that that's the point but there there was the the two at the end yeah and i'm like there is no goddamn way in hell <laughs> that that it's it was like egregious even for a parody well that's i mean like so when i, I listen to the directors do an interview and they said like scream is kind of in its own like reality where like yeah you have to understand that, like at the end of the day like there has to be hyper violence and hyper it, like there there has to be everything has to be accentu- accentuated and like elevated so like yeah you can take more damage and you can give more damage and like just because that's the world that you live in there like yes you can get stabbed four or five times and you're gonna be okay because in that reality it takes more to put you down and like i always think like there's like ghost face power up where it's like once i put on the mask and i put on the boots i have the voice changer on i could fucking run a marathon uh and i could get shot 10 times as the killer but you know ghostface is always going to get back up because that's just the power ghostface has uh, until you take off the mask that's over ghostface 2024 seriously <laughs> never stop fighting <laughs> that's a great song. yeah oh man i love scream so much though i don't even care all right final one we have the screen or the person shaking when they're using telekinetic powers versus saying you don't love me and the person uh, with them starts listing off random facts about that person to prove their love fuck to me this one's not close but i'll I'll wait to hear you guys thoughts i'm gonna go with the second one you're going with the same love because that is not that is not love being like, I know you like Let your eggs sunny side up. I know I'm you like to wake up at four thirty. I know I that can, you have two. It's like you just know facts. I know. I was like, I could list those things about so many celebrities. I agree with y'all. For everyone okay. who did not see that, I'll say he nodded. He nodded. <laughs> yeah. Now he's glaring into the distance. <laughs> this is an audio podcast, direct to audio. Okay, now we're on to the round of sixteen. <laughs> Jamie uses veto already. Morgan and I have not. Um, but we only have this last round mm-hmm. to be able to use it. So first up, we have sacrificing yourself because there's just no other way out versus a weapon being a fingertip away. Self-sacrifice. It's just more yep. egregious to me. Veto. Fuck. <laughs> the fact that a weapon every time is just... Right there. And the person who's choking... This is with all this double whammy. If you're the person fighting them, how do you not see them going for it? And instead yeah. of going to stop them, you just sit there and keep going and cho- like It's like, no. That point, give up your position and go grab what they have. Or what's there. Or kick it away. Like The fact that always they let them take it is the most egregious part. The sacrifice... Again, we talk about how it's dumb. Some movies it works. The weapon, sometimes it works too, but it's also it's a double whammy. Like, it's always conveniently there, and it's always convenient that the one person that's fighting them is like, well, <laughs> I wasn't paying attention. My peripheral vision shot. So, veto. Fair. I understand your position. All right. Weapon will move on. Next up, we have a palm slice for blood as a sacrifice versus the good guy getting double crossed by one of their own. I'm going to go with the palm slice on this because sometimes I like to try and figure out who's going to double cross them and it's a source of entertainment for me. Okay. Palm. I'll pick palm too. It's just ridiculous. No, don't cut your palm. Don't do it. You'll There's tendons. All, yeah, your hand's fucked. Mm. Like, okay, if you do like a casual slice, maybe. And but now they you're dig useless. in. I, every single time I'm like, you're cutting through your hand right now, actually. Right. Do you not want your fingers anymore? Because that's yeah. what you're losing by doing this. Right. All right. <laughs> Stigmata. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. Might as well just fucking stab yourself through your hands. Moving on, we have the misdirection exit saying you left, but didn't. 
um, versus the hospital being completely empty at night. The hospital being completely empty at night. Hospital. Yeah. It's so bad. It's dumb. So bad. The misdirection's stupid, but the hospital is just like logistically not possible. Mm-hmm. There has to be an orderly somewhere. Or a night nurse, or doctors, or a security guard, or a front desk. Or, like, or so- another patient. Oh, yeah, other. That's the other one, too. There are no other patients ever. They, they all died. But they never show you that they died. <laughs> right. Show me him going around being like, boop, boop. Yeah. Here are the bodies. Yes. Um, okay. Next up, we have 30 year olds playing teenagers in movies uh, versus tending wounds and injuries being sexualized. Nothing turns me on more than an open head wound, personally. Right. That's your pick on that one? Yeah. Jamie? Um, the sexualization of injury. Okay. It's just gross. It, yeah, I mean, it's... It also just does not happen. I mean, not that 30-year-olds in, in high school happens, but, I mean, sometimes you just kind of got to work with whatever you have in terms of talent and, yeah. you know, got to do with what, you know, you have. Got to gotta deal with it that way, so, whatever. Fair. <laughs> Okay, moving on. We have saying, actually, I think I'll stay here. Uh, going up against, you just don't get it, do you? These are so bad. Both of these are both so Lightning bad. Lightning McQueen. You're saying staying? Yeah. <laughs> I think I'll pick staying as well. Although you just don't get as annoying. Staying just like, there are so many holes in that to be like, I'm just going to live in this area now. There's so many. Like, to me, I'm like, as... An anxiety-ridden person. I'm like, what happens to your home? That's what your I was car? Say. I don't your need family. a job. You don't know right. any of these people. You just met this person. Nobody's what if they're an axe murderer? Nobody's going to feed my cat, I guess. Also, like, if you're on a different planet or a different world, like, how do you know that you can survive? What happens if you get injured or sick? Like, there are so many layers to it. <laughs> Who needs a doctor? Right. Seriously. Not me. How are you going to get a colonoscopy? <laughs> Honestly, fair, people. Yeah. Fair. Uh, okay. Moving on to the next one. We have a dad always running late to his kids' important event versus post-credit scenes. Post-credit scenes. I'll pick the dad. Oh, no. I was hoping you both would have strong opinions. <laughs> I, I talked about the post-credit scene. I think, I think the dad one is just lazy because there are other reasons that can make a dad be awful. And the fact that they're like, you know... We're just going to show that he's late to his kid's event when, like, they have work or job. Like, it just, it's not realistic. Um, post-grad scene can be great. It can be annoying. But you can choose not to stay, I guess. That's on you as the viewer. You've persuaded me. Okay. Thank you. Down with the fathers. Down with the fathers. Last but not least, we have two more matchups. We have, it's not what it looks like, versus the Wilhelm scream. I made my case, but it's not what it looks like. I will be sticking with it's not what it looks like. What are you talking about? It's not what it looks like. Because the Wilhelm, it's it's kind of, it's almost like a dog whistle is kind of used in like a, I guess most of the time, in not a great context. But it kind of is a dog whistle for like people who have seen a lot of movies. It's, it's like, oh. It's homage, yeah. It's like they, they know what we all know about yeah. this sound effect and whatever. Versus, I mean, the the inability for people to to talk to each other and basic and be communication in a relationship. you know it's it just, it's like people existence. don't communicate, yeah. but it's not on average. It's not that bad. Yeah, <laughs> like not what movies make it seem. And then also like, on the other so. side of things is the person not staying to like be like, what is it then? Right. Yeah. I refuse to talk to you because I am so shallow that I just don't have time for conversation. Yeah. I agree with you both. I was hoping you could use my veto. There's just one last Sorry, one. I didn't understand that. Sorry, Siri did not understand <laughs> that, Morgan. Why don't you use that yeah. sentence? Explain yourself. Yeah. No, I mean, that's kind of... We've had a lot of times where the veto doesn't need to be used, you know. Um, I wanted to create chaos. It's okay. It's falling into your plan regardless. So you can create it here. We have two more. We have the killer always catching up. Versus saying, you don't love me. And then having the other person just reiterate random facts. You don't love me. Yeah, you don't love me for me too. It's like, just lazy. I mean, 
it's like what I almost want to say like what what does this person have to do that they haven't already done like it's kind of it's such an asinine question that that's a big word also like in a way the fact that the trope even exists kind of exemplifies how ridiculous (laughs) that question is for people who are legitimately in love I mean I know that I know that I jokingly say that to you, but oh, it's also... Oh, I asked Jamie if he loves me at least five times a day. Right, but you wouldn't be like, you don't love me. Like, right. And then and he has to like, prove it being like, I know your middle name is this. I know that you like your pancakes with syrup and not butter. I know that you yeah. like dogs. Or It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> I know that you like dogs instead of cats. Right, but like, that's what they always are. It's so, yeah. it's so surface level. And then there's always one that's like, I know that you think the rain smells like the first... It's like, what the fuck does that... I mean, I talked to you once. I know that you speak English. Right. I told that to my grandma once. Like, if she read that to me, I'm not going to be like, oh my yeah. god. Yeah. The killer catching up builds suspense, hair. but... It's yeah. like, oh, really? Oh. Yeah. It's just dumb. I think that's it's just crazy, lazy. crazy, bro. Morgan? Crazy. Okay. So the veto stays. The veto stays. It's okay. It's around the final round. We have the Elite Eight. So we have, um, we're moving on to the final of the top left. We have um, a weapon just being a fingertip away versus the palm slice for a blood sacrifice. It's the palm slice for me. It's just, I simply cannot explain the logic that if you're going to slice a part of your body open, you're going to go for your hand. You need your hands. And in most of these survival situations, you need your hands to survive. So let me just completely cut it in half. My guess, I'm going to go with the weapon because I made my case earlier, but the reason why I think the palm sometimes is okay is because a lot of times it's a sacrifice. Um, Jamie's going to cut in his palm right now because he tried to write in it. Um, (laughs) I didn't just try. He did. But I think... I thought you were going to touch your head now that marked (laughs) on your head. I was really hoping. Yeah. Oh, Um, God. But sometimes, like, the palm slice... You're already in like an area where they're probably going to be sacrificed since or you're the villain slicing the person's palms. Like, why would you be like nice to that person? It's kind of like, we need blood regardless and we know we're going to get it. Well, this is the person slicing their own palm. Yeah, that's true. But I think the weapon, though, as I said, it's it's two-part. It's the fact that the person is reaching for it, it's there, and the other person's like, well, if you get that knife, I guess that's just fair game. (laughs) Also, it's just too perfect. Like, the, the weapon always being within reach, it kind of defies physics. Things things in movies fall physics different. Physics aren't real. It's a, it's a theory. Um, but it, it, everything falls in that place where it just creates suspense in a really cheap way. It's not in the earned sense of the audience knows something that the characters don't. So, it's the weapon. Okay, the weapon will move on, and it has won the top left portion of the bracket. Upset. It's okay, deep cut wound. At least it's not in the palm, right? Ouch. Yeah. Um, the final for the bottom left is hospitals being completely empty at night versus, speaking of those wounds, tending to those wounds and being, that being uh, hypersexualized. I'm so torn. I think the hospital is worse. Yeah. It makes, like again, just on a... We're going logistics. Wounds, I guess you have two sexually charged characters and it's an intimate one because you're close proximity. You want to use that to manage your plot? Fine. Whatever. It's dumb. The hospital, on a logistical level, makes no sense that it'd be empty. Yeah. There should be patients. Lights should be on. Not flickering <laughs> ominously in the background. Right. There should be security there. Uh, people watching the people that are actually in the hospital the patients like the fact that it's always empty the break room is outside yeah and they're all on break yeah yeah i think yeah. the hospital is... that that one's the worst is as as much as the the sexualization of being hurt and as much as that's crappy Stupid. yeah it's not like it's never it's not like it's never happened wrong or right in reality. Yeah. Um, people use any moment they can get to try to make moves on people. Right. And whether it's successful or not, if, if you're right. uh, a tough guy or a tough girl and the, the nurse is uh, 
attractive to you and you're like, oh, maybe this is my time, or they think the same way. American werewolf, yeah. Yeah. There's no law that you can't bang. I don't think that's illegal. It's illegal if they're under... if Not anymore. That was the point. That should be illegal. It's so gross. Hey, there's some patient-doctor confidentiality that's going to keep that shit under lock and key. If you're into that kind of thing. Ew. (laughs) Help. Hilarious enough, these both have to revolve around... Or these both revolve around the medical field. Yes, actually. I just think there's no sex if there's nobody there. Boom. <laughs> therefore, therefore, hospitals being empty. Yeah. Can't fuck the nurses if the nurses aren't at the hospital. That's true. That's like the, that's like that's an earbud. You, there's no rule that says you can't have a dog play basketball, and there's no rule that says you can't fuck the. I don't know why Jerry Seinfeld's in this movie. <laughs> you can't fuck the nurse if yeah. they're in you. Yeah. You can't do it. What do you mean? <laughs> Are we all pick a hospital? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> So hospital being empty is the winner of the bottom left. The top right is saying, actually, I think I'll stay here. <laughs> Versus a dad always running late to his kid's event. Life is a highway. You yeah. are just riding that train. He's riding the highway. All night long. You get really musical on these. You do. You which version are you seeing? Are you seeing the Rascal Flats version? Yeah. Yeah. No, okay. That's the only right version. I was going to say, answer. hot take, that's the original version of Life on the Highway yes. sucks. Yes. Oh, that's not a hot take. That's the truth. That <laughs> dude, besides the chorus, yeah. he, he, they, like, the singing style isn't right for his voice. He's training his voice in the song. Mm-hmm. And the chorus hits. Rascal Flats, at least, uh, don't sound flat. They may be rascals. Yeah, they sound like rascally fellas. They might be rascals, <laughs> but they aren't flat. Um, I think I'd still pick the dad. Um, <gasps> what? I, you guys both pick staying. It doesn't matter. I have to say my oh, point. Yeah. <laughs> How dare you? Yeah, but why'd you guys pick staying? Because life is a highway. Okay, Morgan, why'd you pick staying? <laughs> because to me, nothing sounds worse than... Living somewhere that I don't know anything or anyone other than the one person that I've suddenly found myself attached to, so I'm going to uproot my whole life just to be with this individual. There's no compromise in that. If a pretty sentient If you say for sure, thing, you got it. All right, moving on. <laughs> Bottom right. <laughs> yeah. Did you watch Cars recently? You've never made Cars? Yeah. She's pretty. Helen Hunt? Isn't that, what, isn't that the actress? Yeah, I'm but, talking about the car. Yeah. It, yeah. The final round. Put on the brakes. The line's been done. We're you. getting there. I think we're all slap happy. But uh, final round. We have, it's not what it looks like versus you don't love me and then explaining awesome. random facts. These both have to do with poor communication. It's not what it looks like. Yeah, it's not what it looks like to me too. It's like you just don't talk to each other, do you? Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, you don't love me. If you want to, if you want to get them to just show that they listen to you, I guess is a cheap way to get there. But yeah, it's not what it looks like. Just talk. And if you're in the situation, yeah. there's a reason why you're in the situation. In the it's first place. possible for listing random facts to be endearing. It is impossible for the other one to be. Or let me just say, sometimes it's not what it looks like. Is an excuse for the person to be a piece of shit. They yeah. could be cheating, and then they say, "Oh, it's not what it looks like," and then it gets say- you through. We're giving a lot of defense to the person getting in the situation. Yeah. I feel like a lot of the time in those situations in the movies, they have plenty of time to get that yeah. individual away or off of. That's what I was saying earlier. It's like, separating no, you. you from, like, no. But also, you might be pushed in a situation that you can't be put into. Absolutely. But still, communication is key. Austin if you cannot helps. communicate. Yeah. But um, if you cannot communicate with your partner... Or you're just actually cheating and being a piece of shit, then, uh, yeah. I think it's not what it looks like is the worst one of the two. Okay, mm-hmm. we have a final four. So we have the weapon being fingertips away, uh, which beat um, surprise evidence or witnesses in a courtroom, uh, sacrifice yourself because there's no other way out, and slicing your palm for a sacrifice. Uh, and that is going up against the hospital being empty at night. That beat stuttering while people are trying to explain it then beat the misdirection exit where you think that you left but you didn't and tending to wounds being sexualized so what do we think i'm still at the hospital 
Just this whole time, the weapon being fingertips away has not offended me that egregiously. I think I picked the hospital as well. I think the weapon is done, but the hospital, like, Your logistically makes me. sense. Nope. The hospital one's the worst. I mean... It is. It is possible for things to bounce the right way in reality. You know, if you're fighting somebody and the weapon's on the ground, it is possible. Physics. But there's never not a doctor in a hospital. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the winner for the left side of the bracket is the hospital being empty at night. Um, and that will be going up against saying, actually, I think I'll stay, which beat the character in hiding that comes back with long gray hair and a beard. Uh, it also beat, you just don't get it, do you? It then also moved on past a dad always running late to his important kid event. Um, and it is going up against saying, it's not what it looks like, which beat, if I kill him, I'm no better than him. The Wilhelm scream and you don't love me. And then explaining why you do love that person. What do we think, folks? You can like a group of people. You can really connect with people. But to say that I'm going to abandon my entire life just to stay in the middle of nowhere or somewhere that's not on Earth or something like that that is just so unrealistic because even 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 people who don't have a lot of family or friends would more than likely still have obligations on earth or back home that they can't just not take care of. Um, And yeah, that's why. Okay. Morgan. I think I'm going to agree with you because I feel like it's a really easy way. It's cheap. It's lazy to tie everything up in a nice little bow. That's a very Mm. boring bow. Yeah, that's true. I think I'd still go with my choice earlier if it's not what it looks like. Um, but they're both really bad. Like saying I think I'll stay is so lazy and usually doesn't make any sense. Like unless the person has completely nothing left at where they're from. It makes no sense to just be like, I'm going to just stay here and this is going to be it. Your final though is what we just said. Saying I think I'll stay and staying in an area that is not your home versus hospitals being completely empty <laughs> at night. And my choice is hospitals. Why? I, I just think it's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of the point of this, right? Like, at the end of the day, saying you'll stay, sometimes it ties a nice movie into a little bow and it's a sweet moment. Hospitals being empty makes no fucking sense. Like, on a logistical standpoint, if you're the worst of the two, I can't think of a single time in a movie where a hospital being empty is like, oh, that's really good. Like, I still think of, like, hospital sequences where there's, like, things happening where there are people at the hospital. Like, I think of, like, Halloween Kills. There's a whole sequence of people at the hospital. I think of Breaking Bad. There's an amazing moment in the hospital that, like, there are tons of people there. You can make a scene suspenseful and have a staff that makes sense. Morgan? I agree with you. We all vote hospital? It's the hospital. We're all agreeing? Wow, this is kind of a fun way to end it. Yeah. The winner. It's tied up in a nice little bow. bow. There we go. And you guys can't stay here, though. (laughs) Um, But the winner for the 2023 March Madness bracket for the worst movie trope is hospitals being empty at night. I think we did it. That's a deserving winner. I feel like if I had seen these beforehand and, like, read them and thought about them, I would not have picked that one as the winner. Yeah, I think, but that's kind of the fun part for y'all, is that one of the reasons why I don't like making brackets ahead of time is that I can, in my head, have a preconceived idea of what's coming. Um, But I like when you guys don't have an idea, because I think we've done two brackets in the past where everybody got to see the bracket, and you don't get gut reactions. You think about what happens later. You think, oh, if I, if, well, if I, if I let this one lose, it'll lose that one in the future. So I think it's okay if I let that one slide. You kind of play the game, right? Whereas, like when you have it where the bracket is completely open, it's kind of nice to just be like, at that spur of the moment, what is your feeling? Sometimes that's a little more exciting because then you get like some true fun reactions. And also I like hearing guys' reactions, like laughing, going, oh my god, I didn't expect that one to be on there. Whereas like if you saw them all, then you'd be like, well, yeah, I knew that one was coming. This feels like a 
I feel like this was not a number one seed that won. This was like a number three seed, mm-hmm. which is okay. I don't follow basketball. That's fine. <laughs> Hospitals are about to come alive. Huh, not anymore. Because they're all empty. It's nighttime right now we're recording. They're sleeping. They're sleeping. Shh, they're sleeping. All right. Well, both of you, thank you both for coming on here. Thank you for maybe the last recording in this little nook here. But there's beauty that we can now record at Jamie's new home. Homeowner, we're proud of you. We can also record in Chicago. Probably going. Uh, or also we can record virtually. No. We have the power to do that too. Well, Not at li- Morgan's place. We all, well, but yeah, but Morgan's place probably is Jimmy's place. We can also record at Morgan's place. That's Woo! true. Um, but yeah, virtually we might need to have for some episodes. We need people on. Um, but... Um, yeah, thank you both. If you want to say anything, you can. If not, we'll wrap this thing up. Do you want to bring up anything else about cars? I feel like you've had a lot of feelings about cars recently. Take this time wisely. I am speed. <laughs> That's how Jamie's going out today, I think. I forget what he says he eats for breakfast. Piece of shit like <laughs> you. <laughs> oh. What? Yeah, it's the beginning of the beginning of the movie is like a, a black screen and then he says each line, and then there's just a giant. Something about a Cadillac and a beaver. <laughs> <laughs> Cadillac beaver. <laughs> he says, "Speed, I am speed. One winner, forty-two losers. Yeah. I eat losers for, for breakfast. breakfast." There you go. <laughs> you eat pieces of shit for breakfast. One of the great. No. <laughs> Man, Happy Gilmore is awesome. No, no lie. Out of all the Adam Sandler, uh, not I don't give him shade. I'm just not as the biggest fan as people. Um, Happy Gilmore rocks. Mm. Don't even care. Um, but Morgan, everything you want to say? Not really. Well, thanks for having us. Of course, um, listener. Thank you so much. What we do have next week is going to be the director audio awards for 2022 exciting yes um just be ready to hear a lot of horror movies it's horror movies and everything ever all at once is going to run and then the batman for myself but yeah other than that as usual be kind and please rewind intro song from youtube audio library by dj williams recordings done on clean feed Podcast distributed by Anchor. Original logo created by friend of the pod, David. Current logo created by friend of the pod, Liz. Purring by Storm.